Yeah, so my name is Johan. It's such a privilege to be here with you guys and uh, so excited about what the Lord is wanting to do this morning. Um, I got the memo that I was uh, um, supposed to be preaching in English this morning. Um, so, but most of the people I've spoken to is actually Afrikaans, but I'm going to, I'm a man under authority, so I'm going to keep on, keep on preaching uh, in English. Um, so for you guys making notes, uh, I want to preach this morning about being called to this brilliant family of believers. It's a beautiful reality, such a sweet spiritual reality that we, that we get to rejoice in. And we get to sit under the pleasure of the Father and enjoy to the things He has called us to. What an what a exciting day this is for, for you guys getting baptized. Oh, it's, it's so good. Um, and I think even in that, even in that step of obedience, there's a place of um, not just stepping out into the water, but also coming under the pleasure of the Father um, and coming into what He has for us. That is very, very exciting. So if you were to ask me, um, you know, just leading Wooster Josh Jen, what has been the biggest testimony that the Lord has done over the past two years, it's that he has uh, transformed us um, from a people to a family. He has transformed us to a people who uh, try to be professional in the way that we do church, to being a family of believers. And it's a subtle thing sometimes, but it's a big reality that we get to participate in. And for me, it is so good to see um, all the prams in church. <laughs> it's good to see um, that it's not a quiet place. <laughs> it's not a cemetery. <laughs> it's very good to see that. It's good to see all the teens. It is very, very encouraging. It's very exciting to see that the Lord, um, He builds family. And there isn't a certain age where, okay, now you can come to church because now you get to be a part of church. Now you get to maybe taste the sweetness uh, of the Holy Spirit. It's for a family. And so I want to be practical this morning of how we can give ourselves to this uh, special reality of family. But I want to lay a foundation first. I want to lay a biblical foundation because otherwise I would just be saying things, wouldn't I? Um, but I hope this morning that just in me speaking, and I will be giving an opportunity for Tian and Anels to also share something, but I hope something of this sweet reality sits and deposits into our hearts, that it would be something that we give ourselves, that we would be like the disciples um, in Acts 2, where they devoted themselves to the fellowship not because they had to, but because they couldn't do anything else. <laughs> they couldn't do anything otherwise. They wanted to. They wanted to give themselves to this uh, thing God calls his family. And so from the time Jesus, before I start, let, let me pray. <laughs> yeah. Father, we ask this morning that you would help us understand the depths of this reality. Lord, thank you that you call us sons and daughters, that you put the lonely into family, Lord, that you make us one, like you are one. And like we heard this morning, we ask that you will come and that you will come and knit our hearts and give us the capacity to enjoy the treasures of belonging to your, fa to your household. 
and being part of your family. We thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. So I can just <laughs> already, there's a sense of God being with us. <clears throat> already I can see on some of your faces how God is really working in our midst already. So I want to ask that you, even while I'm, I'm ministering, I ask that um, if this is a reality that has settled in your heart, that you would pray with me, not loudly, but <laughs> in your heart, be praying with me that, that the Lord would really establish this in our hearts. Because uh, earlier this year, Mervis, um, he, he's one of the worship guys in Josh Jane, he came to visit us and he said something that I didn't understand in the reality before that. He said, God is not... A father is not a characteristic of, of God. It is who he is. It's not a character that we say, okay, there's a list of characteristics and one of them is father. That is who he is. And for me, being a father myself, I can understand that I never stop being a father. Sometimes I stop uh, uh, being an administrator <laughs> when there are times when there's no admin to do or sometimes I stop you know, I stop being, having the characteristics of somebody who does administration, but I never stop being a dad. I never stop that. From the moment that, that, uh, that, that we adopted our son, from the moment that, uh, that our son was born, uh, came into the family, I started being a dad. I want to say this, from the moment, from the moment uh, that, that there came children into the house, God was a father. And that is not a characteristics. A characteristic. That's not a, a, a picture that God wants us to understand how to relate to him. That is who he is. And I also want to say this. Being a family is not a picture God uses to describe his people. It is who we are. But here's the thing. When I adopt, when we, when we my wife and I, she can't be here. She's in Pretoria today. Um, so I'm on Kids Church the whole time. So you guys who are on Kids Church, well done. <laughs> I would actually rather be doing this than doing kids' church. So, yeah, honor those guys who lay down their lives to do kids' church. Um, but for me, when, when, when we adopted Israel, he came into our, into our house, but he had to learn how to belong in the house. He had to, le had to learn how to become a son. And uh, that's true for us as well, the moment we come into God's household. Is we need to learn. We need to learn how to belong. Belong to him. And belong to one another. That's a very important reality of the kingdom. And so from the moment uh, Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus picks the 12 and he walks with them and he does all this uh, miracles. And people start to believe maybe this is the Messiah. Maybe this is the one that we've been trusting for, that we've been hoping for. This is the one. This is the king. And then they, are, then they see he speaks to God. And then they ask him, uh, they ask him, how shall we pray? Teach us how to pray. Rabbi, teach us how to pray. And what they're actually asking is, teach us how to relate to God. We see that you have this capacity, this wonderful capacity to relate to God. And what does Jesus do? He says, let me teach you. This is how we start. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. And you know, he doesn't say, my Father who is in heaven. He doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say, my Father. He says, our Father. 
Oh, Father. So what he's, what he is really doing in the process is not just saying, I have a Father. I, Jesus, have a Father in heaven. And you should learn t- to speak to him like he would speak to an uncle. No. I want you to relate to him like I'm relating to him. And what he's actually also saying is, we're brothers now. <laughs> I want you to relate to God. I want you to relate to him like he would relate to a father. And I want you to relate to one another like you would relate to a brother or a sister. And this isn't just, it is obviously a very spiritual thing, but it does flow over into the practical, doesn't it? Think, think, of, think of this. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, there were a couple, most of his disciples fled. Um, actually, the women <laughs> showed their great devotion to Jesus at that time because there were, they were Mary and there were a couple of them there and John was also there. And what does Jesus do on the cross in pain? What does he, what does he say to Mary? He says, Mary, behold your son. And what does he tell John? Behold, your mother. What does he do? He says, you guys are family. You guys are family. But he's also doing something very important because remember, remember Jesus' father, um, Joseph, um, he, he had died by that time. So in the practical sense, Jesus was the eldest brother. So he, had to, he was responsible for taking care of Mary. Now he's on a cross. This is his last moment. And what, what, what he's doing is he is basically asking John, John, would you look after your mother? But he's not telling them, John, please look after my mother when I'm gone. He's saying, John, this is your mother. <laughs> That's my son at the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. That's, I, I sent it that, amen. <laughs> What's Jesus doing? He says, guys, you guys are family. And you would see this also when James, the half-brother, right, James, he writes, and he doesn't start the letter off by saying, um, the brother of Jesus. You know, if you, were, if you literally were related to Jesus, you, you would say that, right? That would sort of like be your, your bragging rights. You know, listen, I actually grew up with Jesus, you know. We, we shared a womb together, actually. <laughs> we shared a womb together, so, uh, yeah brother of Jesus. No, he says the servant of Jesus. But then the next he says, he speaks to the family and he calls them brothers. And that word he uses in the Greek, it's, it, it means one womb. So when he speaks about Jesus, he calls him master. But when he speaks to his brothers, he says, listen, we all share the same womb. <laughs> you get that? You get the spiritual reality, what Jesus is trying um, to deposit in his people is that we spiritually, we are a family. And so this morning, I want to give a word of encouragement. Now, I understand we, you can't use this building every Sunday. At the moment, you meet in homes. And maybe that has gone a little bit frustrating because you're thinking, oh, we have a place of not having momentum and oh, we, can, we can't advance like we, like we want to. Just having spoken to Jono earlier, I, I just asked him, do you think the Lord has actually done something in and through you while meeting in homes? He says, of course. Of course he has. He's knitted us closer together. We're closer together. We're more intimate than we were before. It forces us to be family. It forces us. 
And you know, sometimes God will allow the uncomfortable thing because he wants to establish something important of his kingdom in our hearts. And so I want to say, don't grow weary in doing good. <laughs> Keep on continue, continue in giving yourselves to this. And don't think, oh, I'll just come on the big Sundays. Because the Sunday in the home is also a big Sunday. It's an important Sunday to give yourself. Okay, give yourself. Because God will use that. God uses home. He uses the home to make us family. He uses children to make us family. Okay, so I also want to say this. When people are reborn, when people are reborn into this house, actually don't despise that. Sometimes we can, we can grow tired having a couple of baby, babies in the house. I can grow tired of maybe feeling constant screaming or explaining things over and over and over again and thinking, oh, it's so simple. Why is Ezra not getting it yet? And why should I keep on explaining this? Can't I, can't I um, discuss more meaningful things and deep things with him? I long for those moments. <laughs> but actually, that's part of me teaching him how to grow up. And so I want to say this. When people are reborn into this house, don't despise those moments. Rejoice. Rejoice if we are at a place where we need to teach on uh, salvation and we need to teach on baptism and we need to teach the basics, the foundational things. Don't despise those moments because God is building a family. He's building a family. <laughs> and rejoice in those moments when people um, who are young in the faith step out and give themselves to things give themselves to obedience. Uh, somebody who comes, I remember uh, uh, when we were in, in Bonneville a couple of weeks back, there were a couple of people who sang songs for the first time, spontaneous songs that did not exist before that moment. They just sang those prophetic songs, and not all of them were, um, how, how can we say, gentle on the ear in the physical. But in the spiritual, you could see this people, uh, these people are really putting out faith to obey their Lord and Master. And that's a profound reality. I remember reading this book where uh, John Piper, he says, brothers, we are not professionals. We are not professionals. But we are family. And that's why we give ourselves to this. That's why the early church said we devote ourselves to fellowship, to prayer, to the breaking of bread. Because we are family. And so maybe there's a practical thing and you're hearing this and you're saying, oh, that's nice. And nice what you're saying about Jesus and everything, but I'm not really tasting that and seeing that. I think the first step for us is to say, I'm taking a step and giving myself to this. Even if maybe you've been hurt by the family in previous times, give yourself anyway. Because God uses family to restore us to his household. He does use it. Yeah. So we've seen it when adopting our, our boy, uh, especially the second one we adopted, Ilan. We saw how uh, he was had certain habits and rhythms from his previous households that were not good. He, uh, for instance, he was one year old, then he drank uh, two liters of milk every day. That amounted to, the, the, the mothers now will say that's a lot, because it's 64 cups of spoons of <laughs> formula 
and he ate. He was already on solid, so he ate two buckets of porridge in the morning, then <laughs> a bottle of milk, bottle of milk. He was really unhealthy in a lot of ways, and we had to wean him, <laughs> and he didn't like it when we weaned him. But can you understand what he must have gone through from going from one household that speaks one language, um, that smells in a specific way, that does things in a specific way, that gives food in a specific way, that makes me watch television when I want to. Now I'm in a completely different household. And there are different things and they are teaching me things that I and asking me to do things that it doesn't feel comfortable or nice. But in the end of the day, the, uh, Ilan started to trust us and to give himself to those changes anyway. And we had the biggest privilege of seeing a boy being restored, even though he had a lot of brokenness in his previous homes. And I want to say this for us. Maybe the, even the idea of saying God is a father is already a, oh, you know, I don't know if I can give myself to that. Or saying, um, oh, we're a family. You know, I, I actually, if this is a family, I want nothing to do with it because we have very odd ideas of what it is to be a family, very unhealthy ideas. Because my brother, we fight all the time, and my sister, I don't even talk to her anymore, and my mother, she is like this, and my dad, you don't want to know. <laughs> but when we say God is a father, he is a perfect father. But we are not a perfect family. So there will be times. <laughs> there will be times where we need to have conversations with one another. But that's part of a family, right? So I, I just meditated on what is a family. And a family, uh, people who, who do things together, they do life together, okay? They grow together, okay? So Israel, my son, he's growing up. And we delight in seeing him grow up, just like that word. We delight as a father, I delight in him growing up. Uh, so we see doing life together, growing up together. Um, what else? Let's reason together, brothers and sisters. Speak to me. <laughs> what else is in a family? Hey? You fight together. <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> well, if you take Matthew 18, there is sometimes a, a, a place of saying, let's take... Let's take it serious when somebody is uh, not taking God serious. That, that is important. Um, and there is a place of saying, let's show mercy to one another with fear. That's actually such a good scripture in Jude. It says, uh, show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by flesh. That's so good. So there is sometimes a place of, 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 of confronting, but not quarreling because you like to quarrel, right? <laughs> Families celebrate the big moments together, right? We celebrate the big moments. And then we contribute towards the household. You know, in a healthy family, there is, we're already teaching Ezra, he's only three years old. We're already teaching him to do chores in the household, to contribute in healthy ways, uh, in age-appropriate ways towards the household. And so I want to expand maybe on these three, three things of how we can go practically, how we can go forward. Um, yeah, just want to say this, that very interesting um, piece with Jesus on the cross, he says, behold your mother. You know, the next verse, what does John do? The scripture says, John took 
Mary in his home. He looked after her like he would look after a mother. Like the eldest son would look after a mother. So there isn't just a place of saying, we can make the mistake this morning and patting Emil on the back and say, hey, my broer, hey, my brother. And we can even sometimes use it as a, as, a, as a way of hiding that we've forgotten the name of the person and call each other brother and sister. But that would actually be belittling the reality of what God actually wants to do in our midst. Because a family isn't just established like that. It is made. Okay. God makes family. And he puts the lonely into family. And he makes them family as well. That's his heart. If he didn't have that heart, no one of us would sit here this morning. And none of us would have the privilege of saying that we belong to the household. There would only be one. And that's our eldest brother, Jesus. <laughs> He's the only one with rights <laughs> to belong to that household. For, for all, all else, it's mercy. It's mercy to be counted a part of this household. So we do life together. So I heard there's a, there's a group of people here in Montague that gym together. <laughs> that's good. Sean, what, what, are, you, are you part of that group? <laughs> is it? Are you the youngest? Okay. So there is place for, for growth, you know, for younger people to come in. Okay. So I also want to say that all the doors open for people to come in, do things together, have pride together. Uh, uh, the, the Rugby World Cup is around the, around the corner. Watch rugby. You know, you will see what's in a person when they watch something like that, especially <laughs> when things are not going well. You know, a couple of years back, we were, we were spending time with this guy, and he looked very solid, eh? But he was solid. But there were one, one place that wasn't very sanctified. We watched the, actually watched the World Cup final, England versus the box together. And I remember this guy <laughs> just uh, uh, throwing out some very unsavory words towards the ref. And I was thinking, I would have never known that part of this guy if I only saw him on a Sunday morning. And if I only saw him on a Wednesday night. And actually, I would have never been able to teach him how to relate to the Father better if I hadn't seen him in that moment. Okay, so I want to encourage you, give yourself uh, uh, to, to, to these things. I remember um, when we used to have gatherings in the early days, uh, Jan David, um, in, in Swellendam, we were, we were actually, we would go away for the weekend and stay at his house. And all the young people, we would stay together, uh, bride together, worship together, pray together, over the course of that weekend, spend time together, and then on a Sunday, go to the gathering together. Such a privilege. Such a privilege. And I just remember um, a couple of years back, just realizing that God has really made family. Um, is I remember that when I thought about who my friends were, it was, and who I spent the most time with, it was actually the people in church. And when I looked at my walls and checked what was the photographs on the walls, I saw it was my church friends. And that doesn't mean that I don't have family. Remember the walls and the photos, that's usually reserved for family. And I just remember God whispering into my heart, that is what I've made you guys. I've made you family, a family of believers. <clears throat> so, I want to encourage you, do things together. 
okay? Even if you're maybe on the, on the, just on the outside wanting to get in, uh, do things together. Give yourself to things. We have this thing in, in Worcester at the moment where the young people are really taking off and they are doing things together. They're going to the mall together. They're doing outreaches together. They're going to other places, praying together, eating together. Why, why, why are they doing that? Because something has dropped in their hearts of Jesus saying, this is the father, relate to him, but also saying, this is your brother. This is your sister. Spend time together. Do life together. Okay, that's the call. That's the call. That's why we give ourselves to fellowship. Because the same Jesus who said, um, this is our father who is in heaven, says, this is your mother. This is your brother. Okay, do you get that? So that's also just to say, when I travel, that's why I take my kids with me. Because I'm not a professional. And I don't want to look, you know, slick and you know, all things are all figured out. You know, we're a family. And so I want to say, allow <laughs> the newborn to be in the household. Allow them. Because you know what might happen in the process is somebody who is a bit older, and we've actually experienced this, might see unhealthy ways in which you parent. And they might, out of mercy, help you. Now, you know what is actually not good for your three-month-old baby just to give, or seven-month-old, he's just starting to eat. Say, oh, you know what, he's very um, quiet when he eats flings and watches TV. So that's what I do, you know. Maybe somebody can help you in that moment when at church the only thing that this, per this baby wants is to go through the packet of flings, but <laughs> they don't want to eat the healthy things. And then we can teach. We can help. Why? We always say it takes a village to raise a child. But when it comes to that, we say, no, that's my child. You're not going to tell me how to raise my child. So then we don't believe what we say when we say it takes a village. So, for instance, this morning, I want to say, like, I have the privilege of, of, of uh, really, at the end of the day, sharing God's heart and representing God before you all. But you know what is actually, for me, doing the bigger thing is uh, Celia. And she, most of you might not know her, she came from Worcester uh, with us this morning. And she's looking after, uh, looking after my, my one-year-old son um, as a grandmother would because the mother isn't here at the moment. You get that? You know, Celia just, she's, she's a part of the church. I didn't ask her. She said yesterday morning, she said, I just felt prompted to ask you if I can help you tomorrow. But she didn't know that the person who would have helped me already said I have something else on. And I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to stand here with a baby in my arms this morning? <laughs> I would have done it. But we don't need to when there's a family and God the Father speaks to the family about somebody else in the household and says, go help. So family, the second one is family is also there for the big moments. So uh, birthdays, it's a big moment. So I don't know what you guys do during birthdays, but we as a church, we get together, rally around the person. We pray for him. We prophesy over him. We ask him to record the prophecy. It's a big moment. Baptism today, that's a big moment. That's a big moment. I would say one of the biggest moments. So as a family member, I'm going to be there. 
I'm not missing out. I want to be there. You know why? Because there's this, there's this brother named Jesus. And he taught us to say, our father, relate to him. But also he taught us to say, my brother, my sister. So if my sister this morning is getting baptized, I'm not going to miss out on it because I have some chicken roasting in the oven. I'm going to be there. I will be praying for her. Because God has made us a family. <laughs> and that would even mean that I would go and be there for their big moment, even if it means I'm uncomfortable. Even if it means I'll miss out on something that actually I wanted to do. So here's a scenario. Let's say um, I'm having a nice braai with somebody. I, I really haven't seen them in a long while. Or we're watching, we're watching uh, 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 the rugby final together, and it happens to be the Springboks and France playing against one another. We've looked forward to this a long time. Now somebody calls. Somebody in church, and you know, this guy is needy. You just know <laughs> there's going to be a need. <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> That's what you say now. I, I'm going to call you for fun on that day when the Springboks play for us. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, yeah, you're playing in different camps. Okay, no, I'll play. <laughs> I, know, I know when I should call you. <laughs> it's difficult. But you know what? If, if Jesus, 2,000 years back when he was in a garden... If he chose the easier path, then none of us would have been able to sit here. Because he showed us how the older brother should give himself. By laying down his life. He taught us the way. He showed us the better way. Instead of choosing the easier way. So I'm telling you for family. Choosing family will always be the more difficult way. But it is the Jesus way. Because he chose family above convenience. He chose obedience above convenience. So give yourself to the big moments. And I also want to say this. Big moments are not only happy moments. Big moments are sometimes moments of crisis as well. When you go through something very difficult. When somebody um, somebody, uh, suddenly gets diagnosed with something with, with a terminal illness. When somebody near you, or close to you dies. Those are crisis moments. And as a family, we pull around these people. So what we, j just, just, to, just to, uh, to say what happens uh, in Wooster, uh, when somebody is sick, when somebody, um, let's say somebody is, uh, uh, has news that somebody close to them are on their deathbed, we rally around them. We organize a schedule where we take meals to this person, um, to the person who is in our household, um, because we love them and we recognize sure, this person, she's sick, but she has a family um, and she does most of the cooking. Uh, the guy, we've, we've eaten some food while he was cooking. Oh, he's no good. Let's, let's just rally around him. <laughs> let's help him. And so the church is there. We pray for them. We go there. We rally around them. The church is there for the big moments. Family is there for the big moments. And I want to say this maybe as an experiment. Say this. Think of the biggest moment in terms of a crisis that you might face. Just think about that moment. And then also think about who would you call? Who would you call first? 
So a year back, almost a year back, my wife and I had our big moment in terms of crisis. I had a moment when, when our, um, the day before our son's second birthday, he fell into the pool and he, and he drowned. And, and I, remember, I remember the first thing. I didn't think twice. My wife, just screaming from the, from the kitchen, said, what do we do? And I just said, phone AD. Now, AD is somebody in the church. <laughs> call her, not call the ambulance, call AD. And I just, afterwards, I just tried to um, piece this whole thing together. And I just realized that the people I called were the people in my church, my family. I didn't, I didn't call the ambulance. Afterwards, the the what they, they came and they said, listen, we know you're not all right and you won't be okay. I said, actually, we know you're, you're alone and nobody's there with you. I said, no, listen, this is actually not a normal situation. <laughs> We've had people around us since that moment. And Peter is sitting here, he knows <laughs> I'm not lying because they were one of, uh, you, you came a bit later, but the whole, the whole family came, the whole family pulled in. The whole family loved on us. They were so creative in the way that they came. Some people said, listen, we actually don't know what to say. We're just going to cry with you. And some people said, listen, I actually want to come play with, with Ezra, who just lost a brother. And they came there and they play with the, uh, played with him. They found ways to love the family. It's such a beautiful picture. You know, God says, I will show my manifold wisdom will be revealed through the church not outside of it, through the church. So even, even if the family in some senses feels maybe a bit dysfunctional, <laughs> it's his household. He is the father. And he loves his bride. Can we say the same? That's the challenge. That's the challenge he gives us. And then the last one I want to focus on. So earlier I shared that it is a place for us to grow up together. We grow up together next to one another. So for me, I remember, so JD was, uh, you were my youth leader at a, at a time, weren't you? Yeah. And for us, it was such a, such a privilege coming for me, coming back to Swellendam and then in the same church with JD and then growing because of him, but also later on growing alongside him, growing with him. That's the privilege we have. Uh, just to think of the picture, our son is growing up now, but our baby boy is also growing up. They're growing up together, and they're finding one another, and playing with one another, and enjoying one another. In the spiritual sense, we, can, we must ask ourselves that, looking around here, do I enjoy my family? <laughs> or do I tolerate them? Do I tolerate my family so that I can sit and, and hear the word of God? Or do I love them? Do I enjoy them? Because that, that would, that would mean that when somebody's going through a crisis, I would carry that burden with them. And when they're going through a big moment, a good one, I would be there to double their joy. Because I regard them as family. And so plenty of times, um, my biological family has, uh, has, has hinted that I love my church more than I do them. 
And at that time, I thought of Jesus' reaction when the disciples told him, uh, your mother is here. <laughs> and he said, who is my mother? <laughs> who is my family? And it's a very difficult thing for my family to understand that, listen, this weekend, actually, I'm not coming to you guys because I have something more important, <laughs> something, something important to do in Montague. Or, you know, with somebody in church, they're having... Uh, uh, getting married and I cannot miss out on it I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah, have you actually thought about that Jesus didn't sin he never sinned so he didn't dishonor his mother when he said who's my mother he still honored her but he said there's a bigger priority for me and that's this family do you get that that is such a profound reality that God wants to deposit in our hearts that's why we devote ourselves to fellowship. I want to read us the scripture in Ephesians 4 verse 16 of growing together. And uh, Paul uses the picture not only of a family in Ephesians, but he also uses the picture of a body. Different parts of the body. And then he says this, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That part for me, when every part does its bit, when every part works properly, then it builds itself up in love. That is profound. So maybe something to pray about. If you really regard yourself as part of the family, and I want everybody to listen now, even the teens, okay, everybody, is to ask God, how do you want me, Lord, how do you want me to contribute to the household? How do you want to use me to build the house? Do you know that the Lord wants to use you? Every one of you. Every one of you, he wants to use to build the household. That's his plan. Because in scripture it says God uses uh, uh, living stones to build the household and the house isn't just built out of one brick and so the church isn't just the pastor and the work of the ministry is actually not reserved for the pastor if you actually read Ephesians 4 it says God gave different gifts he gave apostles he gave prophets he gave evangelists he gave pastors and he gave teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. <laughs> so if you're sitting here and you have been made new in Christ Jesus, then you have a part to play. You have a part to play in this household. And there will be something missing if you don't. There will be something missing if you don't give yourself. Because a healthy household is one where everybody knows their part. And so for us, with our, with our smallest one, he's not at the place of chores yet. He's just at the place of, uh, of needs having to be met <laughs> at the moment. But there will come a time when we ask him to participate. And even in small ways, we ask him to, um, he can walk now barely, and he can hold on to something. So we ask him to take his plate, and we guide him, even though he doesn't know actually why he's doing it. He is, we're already teaching him to do that. And so can I ask that, that if you're the older brother in this house, 
that you would rejoice in leading the young ones to the Father, that you would rejoice in leading them in obedience to Jesus. Because did you know that that is really the Great Commission? Do you know that? Great Commission is baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what does it say? Teaching them to obey all I've commanded. That's the Great Commission. It's not to baptize everybody and to leave them. Then, then we're just bathing people. <laughs> and we're not giving people a bath, okay? It's a picture that death has happened, but resurrection has happened along with it. And now we need to teach. Now we need to teach them to obey. We need to, all the brothers, all the sisters, we need to teach our younger brothers and sisters to obey the Lord. <laughs> so that's growing up together. Yeah. So what shall we say? As a family, and if we are called belong to the name of God the Father, then there is a place where we say, Lord, help us to do things together, to do life together. Help us, Lord, to grow up together. Help us to contribute to the household. You know, Mornay uh, van der Wald from Mossel Bay, he says it's the ABCs of Christianity. The ABCs of Christianity is abiding in God. A, B, belonging to one another. C, contributing to the household. It's the ABCs of Christianity. It's the basics. And so we usually in Booster we say, guys, we're not here to warm seats. We could actually use that seat to fit somebody who wants to be here and who wants to contribute to the house, who wants to belong to one another and who wants to keep on abiding in the Lord. We're not just here to have a to have a to have a good a good praiki, a good chat, and then leave. We're actually here to be taught to obey. And one of the things we need to teach to be taught is actually how to belong to the family. Hmm. I actually wanted to give uh, Tian and Anel also just a small opportunity to to share. Um, I remember when um, w- when I when I met them. Uh, the things I heard about them is they're actually a very prophetic couple and actually in the place of learning how to develop that, that gift. But for me, the biggest gift uh, for me around them has actually been the pillars that they've been around shepherding people and loving people and bringing people in and never giving up on people. And so, Tian, I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to just share. Uh, good morning, all. I'm Tian, and this is Anel, my wife. We're from the Dorens, so we're glad to be here this morning. Uh, when uh, Johan asked me to share something in English, um, I, I thought about that story about a guy that's here deep, deep in a career, and he must go to Cape Town for some business, and uh, he was driving down the, the N1, and he, when he passed by Fort West, his, his, his words were getting less and less and less, and when he passed uh, Lanesburg, he said, now my English are finished. <laughs> so, so when I came past the coup this morning, I <laughs> so my, have mercy on my English. But uh, yeah, just uh, to, uh, but we, we just want to share about the last two years. I think we've been two years now in Josh Chen in Booster. 
And what an amazing journey. Um, I've never been seen the Lord restoring his bride uh, in a way this, this past two years. And I'm so exciting what the Lord is doing in his bride. And he's bringing family and he's bringing a, a healthy church. And, and we are so exciting. And, and we are in, in the endurance. And at, at this moment, uh, the Lord is starting, and uh, not a new thing, but we are we are uh, going uh, as a as a uh, what do you call it in English, Juan? Outreach, a rich community. So, so the Lord is already been multiplying, and and we are so glad. But I just want to share in our community, um, just to uh, illustrate the family. Where the Lord is is bringing us together, and there was two persons in our community that really. One day they came to me and they said, no, they don't know because they went to church and nobody's greeting them and they, they feel not part of, of this now. And, and I was sitting there and the Lord said to me, um, I must tell them to give them, themselves to, 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 to the Lord and to the, to the church. And they was just looking to me and, and suddenly they, the next few weeks, they start giving themselves. And it was amazing how those two people changed because they start giving themselves to the family. They become part of the family, and, we, and they are so a blessing now, because they are greeting people now, not people greeting them. So it was really a blessing, and that's just an example, example of it. There, were, there was a scripture that, that brings all together for me in, in Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like a precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down to the collar of his robe. And as if the dew of Hermon, Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for thee, there the Lord bestows his blessing and even life forevermore. And uh, when there's a healthy church, there's unity. And the blessings of the Lord are flowing, and the and the anointing of the Lord is flowing, when there's unity and when family comes together, like Johan preaches this morning, it becomes a unity, and we experience a unity that we've never been seen before, and an openness and a freedom, and 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 I and we are so blessed to have George Jane as our covering, and and it brings a freedom, it brings family, and it brings uh, it makes people free from from the religious tradition uh, we, 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 most of us come from. So, okay. And I'll just want to share something. Dion usually, say, usually says he speaks English out of self-defense only because he's from the free state. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> from the States. But he didn't, didn't do too bad. I'm not far behind, so bear with me. <laughs> please, self-defense. Yeah, I can add to that. We are very, very privileged to lead a community in the Dwarans and to see how the family is growing. It's absolutely, I want to confirm what Johan said this morning. Um, the family is growing and it's like physical family. You can't, you don't always feel like loving everybody, but you have to. <laughs> but but it's a process, but, um, but you grow together and um, yeah, it's really a spiritual family. I would like to share something more personal. Tian and I have both been married before, so we have children out of our previous marriages, and we've been married now for almost five years. Do you remember? And um, <laughs> you forget. <laughs> 
But um, when we decided to get married, the biggest challenge was our children, which are all young adults, especially my youngest daughter. And she just did not like the idea of her mom getting married because we were alone for quite a while. So she was jealous of this woman. She didn't like the whole idea. So she was very, very difficult. That kept me on my knees. But um, our whole community prayed for this child because they saw my tears, they saw my, I think they were just so fed up for me that cried forever about my child. But, but what I experienced is our whole community who prayed with us for my child to change. And the Lord has really, really changed their heart so much that she loves him now. Sorry, and they have a beautiful, beautiful relationship. But that is, I believe, because of the community who prayed with us. And we became family. We really became family. And it's priceless. Thank you. What else can I say? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. You know, most of the times we we will struggle to get it right. And those testimonies remind us that we should give ourselves. That we should continue uh, to give ourselves. So, can I also say this? Sometimes you must uh, um, open up on the difficult things in your life and be vulnerable enough to allow somebody to be family. So I remember when we, um, um, when, we when we got Ilan, Peter will, will remember this, he cried a lot. So I don't know if it was uh, from the... Um, withdrawal symptoms from not getting television and not getting flings and not getting as much milk (laughs) anymore but it was really difficult for him in church and at that time my wife uh, we had a we had a two-year-old so um, you couldn't couldn't go to kids church and she was pregnant by that time so it was a very difficult time actually Uh, and what actually what what my wife started doing is when it would get difficult some of the ladies, she would take him to another room and some of the ladies instinctively, she, she actually just called out, I need your help now. I need your help. I'm going to that room. And what the ladies would do is they would, some of the ladies, more of the people it felt went to that room that stayed afterwards. But the point is people prayed with her and they prayed for him and they held him. Uh, and, and in that moment, God did something of establishing family in our midst of somebody saying, listen, I actually need your help now i'm actually opening up on my weakness i I actually don't have everything together like i um, would or or, or, yeah might want to pretend sometimes uh i'm I'm not in control here i actually need your help and sometimes the thing that we need to make it feel like family is we need to be open to receive family not just to open to be received as a family and what we have now is people, probably the biggest witness of Jesus working in our church is that when, we, then when people come visit, they feel as they are treated as brothers and sisters. Literally, they are very welcomed. It's one of the stronger points of our congregation uh, because we value this. We value loving one another. That's why we value family because uh, uh, that's how we will know. That's how the world will know that we are his disciples, that we belong to him by the love we have for one another. So this is a challenging thing. 
And it can only be done by the supernatural work of the Spirit. Only be done. I want to end with this. Have you ever thought about that parable Jesus tells of the, of the, the prodigal son? Have you ever wondered why nobody went to fetch him? Why did nobody go to fetch him? Why did the father wait at home? Because in that context, the inheritance has already been um, divided. And so the one who would pay the price for the son coming home wasn't the father. It was the eldest son. It was the older brother. So the one who was responsible for keeping the family together wasn't the father. It was the brother. Whose responsibility was it to go fetch the son? The brother. So the fact that Jesus Jesus is telling this story to the Pharisees, by the way, and he's telling them that actually the son had had to come to his senses all by himself, means that the older brother did not do his part. But did you know, in Christ Jesus, we have a good elder brother. He said that there is sons and daughters who are lost. And I, as elder brother, will pay the price so that they can come back home. I will pay the price. And so can I ask that we, we close our eyes as we respond to this word this morning? I want to land by by saying that Jesus, as the elder brother, wants to bring somebody home today. And maybe this morning, just speaking about family and hearing that we are a spiritual family and that's what we're called to do and called to be, and you realize that actually I'm not a part of this household. I haven't learned to call him father, and I haven't learned to call these people brothers and sisters. And actually, Lord, I'm lost. Won't you respond to the Lord this morning? Won't you just respond by lifting up your hands saying, I actually need the the elder brother to help me. I need you. Thank you for that response. Is there anybody else that says, Lord, here am I. I actually need to come back home. I need to come back home to family. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else that wants to say, Lord, here I am. Make me new. Lord, we thank you for those two responses, Lord, and we ask that they would be flooded with your forgiveness in this moment, that they would, Father, be so covered in your blood, Lord, and so brought home to the Father and brought into real intimacy and real closeness with you. We thank you, Lord, because of the cross. Because of the cross, they could come home today and enjoy fellowship with you and belong to this household. And from today, really, truly, in the deepest part of themselves, be called brothers and sisters in the household of God. I also want to land this by asking if, I think Tian said the most important thing today when he said, 
It's something you need to give yourself to. You need to give yourself to family. Otherwise, it will just be a concept or, or a theory. Being a son and daughter of God and being a family of believers will mean nothing to you. It will just be words. It won't be a reality if you can't say, Lord, here am I. I'm going to give myself to this, even if it's inconvenient. And I need to do that for myself afresh every day. Say, Lord, I want to give myself to the family. I know I will receive a phone call today that might inconvenience me. But I will give myself to it. Because you gave yourself to me. So if you're with me and you're saying, I actually want to give myself to the family of believers. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Jesus, thank God, thank you that you, you are a father. And that thank you that we are your family. And we ask, Lord, that you will teach us the depths of what this means. Yeah. Teach us what it means to live life together, grow up together, and to contribute to your household. Lord, we do not want to waste our lives. We wanted to count for something in eternity, Lord. We ask that as we love on each other, Lord, and as we love those who come in from the outside, Lord, and as we love those who are newborn in this household, Lord, as we love the brothers and sisters who come back after backsliding, Lord, we ask that something of your manifold wisdom will be made known in our midst. And that people who come in from the outside will say, surely God is in your midst. Surely God is here. We ask that uh, we be such a family that glorifies you. Lord, help us to, to, to grow up together as we are fed um, by your truths, Lord. As we are asked to be brought into obedience by your ways. Grow up into your ways, Lord. Ask that our hearts will be knitted to one another. And Jesus, just like you prayed, Lord, let them be one as we are one. Ask that you will make us one. Make us one family belonging to one Father, hmm. an eternal household. Come establish that this morning in Jesus' name. Hmm. Amen.